and welcome to Train to Endure, a dialogue around the interconnection between faith, sport, and life. I'm your co-host, Abby Kruger. And I'm your other co-host, Matt Margarone. So today, Matt and I are just sitting down to talk about this idea of calling. It's definitely a word thrown out there a lot. I think especially for someone just getting ready to graduate, we hear a lot of talk about what is your calling? What is it we're called to do? And Matt and I definitely agree that our story um, the things that have made us who we are and have shaped us really plays a big role into what our calling is. So we're going to take a look into that today. Yeah, so I'm so glad to be with you today to talk about this idea of calling and how our stories influence uh, how we pursue uh, what God has for us in our life. Um, how does that relate to sport? Because sports is a part of our story. Uh, it's part of Abby's story. It's a part of my story. Um, it's a part of your story. And so how do you uh, take that sport, uh, take what it's taught you, take um, what you've learned from it, and use that to figure out your true calling in life? Yeah, so again, when we think of this idea of calling, probably different things come to mind for each of us. So I was curious um, of what some definitions of calling might say, as I've certainly heard a lot of them. Uh, but a couple I found on Google were the vocation or profession in which one customarily engages, a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. Um, and then your true calling will emerge as you combine your top strengths and interests with what benefits others. When you do that, you are doing what you were meant to do. Um, so I think these definitions really begin to scratch the surface, but don't maybe get into the full depth and breadth of what calling is. So a definition uh, I really did find to like comes from, is an ep- excerpt from the book, The Call. And it kind of just talks about this idea that as followers of Christ, we have a primary calling, which is when Christ really calls him to himself. Um, And then from that, there's this idea of having a secondary calling, which is maybe how we more practically see it in a profession or how we're living out God's call in our life. Um, So again, just this idea that Jesus calls his followers to himself And he also calls them into other things and tasks. So that includes peace, fellowship, eternal life, suffering, into service. And in the most deepest level, he calls us to discipleship. And I think um, when we think about career and these other ideas and things we do in life that play into this calling, that's kind of the core of what it is, is comes down to discipleship. Yeah. What a cool definition you read earlier, Abby, saying your true calling will emerge as you combine your top strengths and interests with what benefits others. When you do that, you are doing what you are meant to do. And isn't that what we're all longing for just a little bit is to figure out what uh, we were meant to do. Uh, We think about this idea, well, what is the purpose of life? And we can get into this existential kind of uh, crisis. Um, And then there's this, that's like a global question. What is the purpose of life? And then there's this like, kind of individual question is what, where, where am I in that? What's my role in this grand big story, this grand big narrative that's happening? And a lot of that is tied to this idea of calling, Uh, you know, Abby, 
being a senior in college, I'm sure you're thinking a lot about that. What is next? What am I called to do? And me even being a guy at that middle age stage, turning 40 this year, thinking about this idea of, I'm still still trying to figure out what my calling is, my true calling. Uh, so it, it's such a interesting kind of conversation to try and figure out what is our calling. And I think we got to start with the idea of story. We've got to start with um, how our stories influence um, how we live into our calling. Because if we don't pay attention to the past, we can't understand where we're heading. And a lot of times that past can be a number of things. And and our pasts inform us, they shape us, but they don't have to determine our future. So some of you might say, well, my past disqualifies me to live into my calling. I've I've done too many things wrong. I've I've gotten too much um, uh, scars, too many wounds. Um, So I'm disqualified. Uh, But God just God just doesn't say that your 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 past informs and shapes you and it can actually help you determine your calling. Uh, But it doesn't have to determine your future. And so as we talk about our stories, um, we're going to dive into a little bit about Abby's and I stories and and how those shaped where we've gotten to be where we are today. So, Abby, I wanted to hear just a little bit about you. What is what is your story? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. Um, I think my story obviously encompasses a lot of things, but um, the main piece of that is definitely my faith and how I came to know the Lord personally. Um, and so growing up, I definitely knew a lot about God and it's something my family talked about and I was in church from a young age, but it definitely um, wasn't personal for me. It um, God was someone I knew a lot about, but I didn't know personally. Um, and I think just what we were talking about earlier is that idea of God calling us to himself, um, even when I wasn't pursuing the Lord, like he certainly was pursuing me and calling me to him. And I think kind of that moment when I truly answered that call would have been um, the end of high school for me. And just a lot of growing up for me before then, a big um, theme I'd kind of just begun to speak over myself was this idea of rejection, uh, whether that played out in family or sport or different things like that. Um, and when I really did answer that call, that's kind of when uh, I really felt the Lord first um, give me an identity that completely opposed the idea of rejection. And I think it's interesting what you said earlier, Matt, like even though my past has played such a big role on me and the things I've been through, you know, can be undone. They have impacted me, but it doesn't have to um, define who I will be. Yeah, Abby, as you, you talk about that word rejection, it's such a strong word, and, and I'm sure each of us has felt that in our lives, whether that's a relationship um, with a parent, whether that's a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, whether that's a uh, situation on a team sport where you feel like a coach um, doesn't see you the way that you see yourself or others have seen you in the past. Um, we each deal with that or man, I mean, even now, you know, as a senior in college in this 
climate, trying to apply for jobs and putting out resumes and and feeling rejected. Or maybe you're in high school and you're applying for uh, colleges and you're not that letter comes in the mail and you open it. I mean, rejection is a part of life. And so sometimes we take that and we own that. And so we think that uh, we're disqualified from our calling. So how, how does that rejection um how is that? How? What have you learned from it? What are you still dealing with it? And how is it framed? What the way you think about your calling? Yeah, I think thinking through like this idea of rejection. Um, I know after again after answering that call of the Lord on my life, like He says, I am fully accepted as I am, just as I am. And I think as I think about a calling moving forward, definitely um, something. Uh, the Lord has put in my heart for others is making sure like, people also know that they are accepted and whether that's me personally accepting them or just make allowing them to um, feel that acceptance as well and um, yeah as how that will practically play out in a career or things like that I don't exactly know yet but um, I think that's just definitely an example of something I have gone through a hardship I've faced and how the Lord's not only redeemed that in me, but how he's going to use me in helping um, redeem that in others as well. That's really cool. It's that that's kind of referencing what we were talking about earlier is the idea that our past really shapes us and it it helps us um, as we think about our calling, but we don't have to be paralyzed by fear or anxiety or shame or the other things you know we deal with. I remember I was a senior in college uh, here at Hope, um, where we're sitting in the studio recording this, and I was asked um, to share my story uh, in chapel as one of the seniors who gets to stand up and tell of what God has done in their lives. And uh, I remember getting the call and thinking to myself, uh, I'm not gonna do that, I can't. And so I said no initially, um, even though I got asked, I, I said no. I was like, I just felt like I was unworthy. Um, whatever I had done the week before, or, uh, there's so many other people uh, more qualified. There's so many other people that are better speakers, better looking, better whatever. And, um, and then I read in Ephesians 4, uh, these two scriptures, um, Three Ephesians 3 and 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And then earlier, uh, Paul writes this um, about himself. This is uh, basically the guy who wrote most of the New Testament said, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. And what I heard for the first time in my life, even though I grew up in a, in a house that uh, followed Jesus and we went to church and I went to a Christian college, I'd for, heard, heard for the first time that it wasn't about me. It said, all, Paul says, although I am less than the least of all God's people. Paul said that and I was like, wait, and he's still qualified to preach the gospel. He's still qualified to live into his call. And then he was calling me and all of us to living into the calling that we're receiving. Um, I said, I'm not disqualified. 
because it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with what God has done. I ended up speaking in chapel, and now I'm back 20 years later working and get to speak at that chapel. Uh, I was, I, it was a, it's a cool moment in my story to think about how God shifted my whole life. I had lived um, thinking that I had to be worthy enough to live up to God's expectations of me. Um, and I released all that in that moment, knowing that I could live in my calling because it isn't about me. It's about what God has done for me. Wow, that's awesome, Matt. And such a great example of God using those things in your past um, and redeeming them in that moment. And then, you know, 20 years later, whatever it is down the road in your career, um, bringing you back to a place where you're doing something so similar. Um, So yeah, just thinking about kind of that moment for you and the truth you heard from the Lord and that um, obviously one part of your calling is coming back to hope. But after that moment, did you um, just see or respond to that calling in any specific ways? Yeah, you know, um, I definitely lived with more freedom um, after that moment, knowing that um, I didn't have to uh, be anything to anybody else. Uh, I still uh, struggle every day with this uh, idea that was uh, subtly embedded in me from uh, school, uh, from family, from sports, uh, from the way the world works, that I have to live up to the expectations of what other people have for me. And so that definitely shaped my story and still shapes it but I live with a, a far better freedom uh, now after that moment that, uh, you know, Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so I just believe that I, every day. I believe that I believe that I'm free. Uh, I don't have to live by the expectations of other people. Uh, and that that helps me pursue kind of my calling um, which I feel like I'm really living into now, which gets into the sports piece, which I get to be a a sports chaplain uh, at a college and try and help people understand the freedom that they have. Um, Plus I love sports. Uh, It shapes so much of my story. It's uh, played them all growing up. I love them. I love watching them. I love cheering people on. I love what it teaches people. And so um, that's a piece of the calling is that I get to speak to athletes now and tell them their true worth, their true identity, their true calling is not just about how well they can do on the field, but rather what God has done for them. And so it's kind of cool that it all comes full circle for me in that calling piece. So for you, Abby, what, what, do you, what piece do you feel like sports plays in your role now and also um, as you pursue your calling moving forward. It's been a big piece of your life um, in both uh, positive ways, both learning ways, um, as it is for all of us. What what piece do you think sports has played in your life as you kind of think about calling and into that next stage? Yeah, sports have been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And you worded it perfectly, Matt. There's certainly lots of highs and 
lots of lows and lessons to be learned in sport. And so I think um, whether I end up pursuing a career in something with sport, I'm not sure, but the lessons and uh, things of that nature that sport has taught me um, are sure to help me moving forward and in a calling and just in life in general. But I think a big thing sport has given me is um, like people and community and even um, a platform to share things and experiences with people and with others. And um, I think, yeah, like moving forward into a career, a career or calling, um, like I think and know deeply like that's going to involve people. It's going, I'm a very relational person and um, being able to uh, take the things sport has given me and taught me in that and looking at how to apply them in the future. And even with like other young women, like the things I've learned and the things I've been through, I think God really has put a calling in my life to be able to, you know, now and into the future, share those same experiences with um, people who have, yeah, had similar experiences, young women who have gone through a lot of things I have. And um, yeah, just be able to share in that with them. And yeah, that yeah, I mean, being a college athlete is not easy. It, it took a lot of work to get to the place you are. It took a lot of um, uh, late nights, early mornings, a lot of running when no one was watching. Uh, it took a lot of uh, uh, sacrifice at moments to lift up other people, to be a part of a team. Um, and you learned a lot through that. And so... You, you can use all of that as you move into the next stage in life. And I, I think for people that might be uh, listening uh, to the podcast, I, I think people that are athletes that are, are thinking about, well, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, but I'm also thinking about a career in uh, medicine, or I'm also thinking about a career as a, P in, as a physical therapist or a counselor or a teacher, like the things that sports teaches you, that work ethic, that sacrifice, that ability to be on a part of a team, those things definitely shape your story. Those are the positives. There's also the negatives. There's the failure. There's the time you missed the shot when you should have. There's the time where you didn't get enough playing time. There's the time where the coach uh, didn't play you and you had to figure out how you were going to respond to that situation and how you were going to uh, get better. Like all of those things are teaching moments that are shaping your story. And I love that idea of um, how sports can help grow you. It doesn't mean that it has to be your calling in life to be a coach or to play sports in the professional level. I mean, the percentages are saying you may end up there and you may have influence in sports, but you know, even 99%, this is a stat that I don't know exactly, but 99% of even college athletes don't go on to play professional. So it's, um, it's, it's not necessarily that sports will be your profession. It may be, but your calling is deeper than that. And the things that you learn from sports and the things that you, that come from sports for all of us um, can help as we, we shape and think about our calling. Yeah, I think that's so good to think about, especially like any of you out there that are athletes and maybe thinking about that next stage as well. Um, but I love what you said earlier, Matt, just talking about freedom and the freedom you found in that moment when Christ, when you answered Christ's call to himself. And I think 
thinking about even a calling um, and living out that freedom if we are answering God's call, if we are living out discipleship, if we are including others in that, um, I think we are given a lot of freedom and what maybe it practically looks like. And obviously people have vastly different careers and goals and things like that. Um, and I think there's freedom in that. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. For sure. For sure. I think we, um, when we're trying to figure out calling, we, we go through all these different processes, right? So uh, we'll take an Enneagram test or we'll take a personality assessment. Uh, we'll go to a career counselor or a career assessment. Um, we'll take our strengths and interests, which are good things, and we'll try and figure out how that matches um, with our personality and our gift sets. Um, we'll ask our friends, our mentors, um, the people closest to us for advice on what to do. Uh, we'll even pray to God and we'll read scriptures and we'll try to, to figure it out. We'll try new things and all of those things. And, and in the process of that, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And we also live under the weight of these expectations that are both external and internal. And uh, that weight um, does not uh, equate uh, to freedom very easily, right? So those two things don't match up uh, easily. Um, and I guess what I want to say is like, is like we can live free from the expectations of other people when we know who we are and whose we are, and that God is big and done it all on the cross for us, and so we can live free. I know um, that word um, sounds like an illusion, sounds like something that's too far out there, but we can live free when we live into the freedom that Christ provides, especially as it relates to calling, because calling is not about the destination, it's about the journey. And as we live into our calling, the journey is the process. The journey is the part, is that God is walking with us and that every step along the way, that is a part of figuring out our calling and becoming who we, as in the definition, we were meant to be and doing what we were meant to do. And so we worry about each and every decision and each and every step. And we think each and every step is going to be the big success or failure. The next internship, the next thing uh, that we do is going to have to create whatever our steps are next. And the Lord just doesn't work that way. God is just saying, hey, just uh, follow me. Just listen and it's going to be okay. And I'm with you along the way. Yeah, that's so good, Matt. And as someone definitely facing a lot of those things right now and just what does the next year hold? What does my future hold? What career do I want to pursue? Where do I want to live? Where do I, who do I want to live with? What do I want to do? Like all these things, it can be overwhelming and suffocating. And um, just like you're saying, take away from from the freedom Christ gives us in those things but if we really just narrow down to it it's just what you said Matt like we are called to follow Christ we're called to imitate Christ we're called to love others and um, how it looks practically may change and shift and probably will continue to change and shift but 
um, just I've seen so much even in my life this past year and being in such a season of waiting and unknowns. Um, yeah, I might not know what the next step is or the next internship or the next job, but if each day we can fix our eyes on Christ, if each day we are following him in all of those little things, mm -hmm. um, fixing our eyes on him in the little things, like eventually the grander big picture things, we're gonna look back and see that that's all worked out just again in that daily following. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to have a mindset of just keeping our eyes on Christ. It's easy to overthink and really analyze all those little things. But I think that's what it comes down to is fixing our eyes on him daily. And I think we really will look back and see that he's worked it all together for our good. It's awesome. It reminds me of this, this scripture from Jeremiah that says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Stand, look, crossroads. This idea of looking at where you came from and where you're going. Take a moment and pause. Ask God which way to walk in it, but then go. Take a step and there's peace in that. The step is just that. It's a step in a direction and maybe just maybe it doesn't have to be the perfect thing, but it is a step because God is with us on the journey. And calling is not figured out in one moment. It's figured out in this grander journey where God is revealing himself more to us every day and we are becoming more like him when we go on the journey with him. I think it becomes harder for us to figure out our calling when we're just trying to check all the boxes, when we're just trying to live by the expectations of other people. Um, then we get caught in this idea of who we should be based on what other people think or maybe even our own definition of what we think we should be than um, who God uh, thinks we are and is leading us into becoming. Yeah, um, just kind of as you're hearing you say and talk through that, um, like what, I'm wondering what you might have to say um, to the people out there that do feel stuck or do feel like I'm in a job I hate, I'm in a place that's hard, I'm doing something that doesn't feel like my calling, mm -hmm. um, if, whether I know what my calling is or not, like this just isn't it. Like what would you have to say to encourage that person or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, my, my biggest encouragement is to um, understand your story and at what part of it you're in. So look back at your life, start to read your own life, understand your past better. Um, maybe that's going to see a counselor, maybe that's reading some different books or meeting with a mentor. It's like understanding who you are and where you came from uh, is the biggest piece to understanding uh, where you're going. Um, also understanding that life is not going to be perfect. M. Scott Peck wrote this book, The Road Less Traveled, and the first line is, life is difficult. 
That's the first line in the book. And so the, the sooner we become to figure that out, the easier life kind of gets. And so um, your situation doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to live, work in a situation where everything matches up. And I think a lot of times we get in that place, uh, right, is that everything has to match up perfectly based on my ideology. And so I'm not saying everyone should just quit their jobs and go do whatever they want to do. What I'm saying is to understand your story. And what part of the story are you in? Because at different stages of our lives, developmentally, uh, there are going to be times where we're in a job uh, where we've got where we've got to work hard. That's just like sports, though, right? Uh, there are times where we're going to not be in the role we want to be yet, but we've got to understand that that is part of the process of what God is teaching us. And so, what is God teaching you where you're at, and is that helping you figure out your calling? We talk about COVID right now. Not many of us would. Uh, say that this has been the grandest stage of our our time in life, right? There's been a lot of things that have come in and oppressed us on all sides, being isolated from other people, uh, having to wear masks, not getting to do the things that we normally would want to do. But what is God uh, teaching us through all of this? Um, what can we learn? What can we grow? Um, the wilderness, the desert, is just as important in figuring out our calling as is um, the vacation by the seaside. So Abby, what, what would you have to say about um, this idea of encouraging people in their calling? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, there's probably lots of people out there in situations that are hard, that are in jobs that feel unfulfilling or relationships that are difficult. And especially if you're a college senior like me, um, you might not land your dream job right upon graduating. Um, but I think what we really need to remember is just this idea of our primary calling that as followers of Christ, um, we are called by him and to him and for him. And um, just remembering that we're called to a someone, which is God, not to something or somewhere, but we are called to God himself. And then keeping that in mind, um, we can look at our secondary calling, which maybe is the more practical things and ways we live out our calling, but just um, remembering that um, in everything we do and in everything we say and everywhere we lived is acting entirely for the Lord. And um, just as Paul says, I think in Colossians is whatever you're doing, do it with all of your heart. So even if that is a job that's maybe not the best or whatever it is that you're doing that with all of your heart. So good, Abby. Um, it's so good. I think our impulse uh, is to feel like we have to figure this all out on our own. We go to these other places, right? Um, we read books, we watch videos, we go talk to people and we always try, trying to figure it out. And God is saying, hey, it's simple. You know, it's simple. And um, we are called to God, not to something or to somewhere. Um, and that God is pursuing us and wants just us, just our hearts. And if we live into that, that's very freeing. That's very freeing. 
And then secondly, in whatever is next, whatever is on the next step, right? Like we talked about in our journey, um, how can we do that and glorify God in the process? Um, if you're an athlete and you are right in the middle of your sports journey um, and you're trying to figure out this idea of calling, uh, whatever you're doing is teaching you for life. We've talked about this a lot. This is trained to endure. And we really, Abby and I, believe wholeheartedly that the idea of training your body, as it says in Timothy, is one thing, but training your mind and your spirit for life, for endurance, they, they are run parallel to each other. But this idea of calling is going to be so much vastly beyond sports. It's going to be beyond. The things you are learning will shape you and help you as you go on to your journey. Um, and so live into the moment. Learn from it. Train hard. Don't take shortcuts. Work hard. Do it all with everything you have because it's going to set you up best. But be free be free from the expectations that other people put on you and live with joy. Play with joy, knowing that God is pleased with you. I think it's just important to keep in mind that as believers, we can't miss our calling. Like it's not something we're gonna miss. It's not something we're gonna mess up if right. we are truly living into that idea of our calling being a someone and that someone being God. So today we got the opportunity to talk about calling and to uh, discuss how our calling um, and our stories, uh, how we figure that out, how God, we allow God to enter into it, to walk along the journey with us. And so we thank you for listening. Abby and I are grateful uh, that you joined us on the journey as we just process this conversation.